This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Ortho Joe Show, a joint production of the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery and Ortho Evidence. In our world, orthopedic research is king and current topics from our respective publications are analyzed weekly. Here is Mohit Bhandari from OrthoEvidence and Mark Swinkowski from the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery. Hello, this is Dr. Mark Swinkowski, JBJS Editor-in-Chief, and I'm here with my partner, Dr. Dennis Cloacy. Dr. Cloacy is a orthopedic oncologist who succeeded me as Chair of the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the University of Minnesota. Dennis and I will be discussing his life growing up and how his parents, who both worked in medicine, influenced his decision to become an orthopedic surgeon. And I just wanted to hear from you, Dennis, about your family, because you come from, uh, I think it's 10 children, if I, my memory serves, and many of them are in healthcare. So can you just tell me, how did this happen? Yeah, so thanks, Mark, for inviting me. I'll say on the onset, you know, it was helpful to be asked to do this because it had me think about my childhood and my siblings and my parents and that. Whether you had great parents or poor parents, that's probably a healthy thing to do as you're probably now a parent or grandparent. So just as background, I am one of 10 children. I just kind of did the tally here. Eight of them were in some type of service. Seven are in medicine. I'm not sure how that happened, but I have thought about it, Mark, and I think it would be a mistake not to really comment on my mom and my dad as a team. Okay. My dad was a surgeon. He trained at Hopkins, you know, in like the 50s. Mm. My mom was a nurse anesthetist at Hopkins, so she was in healthcare as well. And Mm. as you know, to be a nurse anesthetist in the early 1950s, you're a pretty aggressive, smart motivated person as a woman yeah and able to stand her ground for sure (laughs) yeah so that's where they met and and then one thing led to another apparently and and they moved back to chicago so i think as i thought about that you know they were both in healthcare, and in terms of their effectiveness as a team they were very unified it was like a fortress (laughs) there wasn't mom this dad that it was if mom said this or dad said that that means mom and dad said this or that and that applies to this because of their core beliefs and values really and you know as i thought about it it was really humbling to appreciate they presented the world to us not as your candy store to go take and receive you know, they viewed the world, though they might not have articulated it precisely, as a place where you have an opportunity to exercise your core values and give back, that it should be better when you leave than when you arrive. So they were both that way. And so collectively, they were that way. So that's 
you know, when you have 10, nine siblings, you're always with your family. And I think that was the starting point for everybody. It's not about what you can take out of the world. It's about what you can contribute to the world, whether it's teaching, whether it's being a dentist, like one of my brothers, whether it's being a nurse, occupational therapist. So, so that would be my answer to that. I, I think it was more of a culture in our family than anything that was prescriptive. Right. And it's your dedication to service that you derive from growing up in this family that I think caused you to be finally willing to yeah, you're work right. on this thankless job. <laughs> so oh my God. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's become the least of my thankless jobs. Right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, it is really, you know, like carrying on what Roby Thompson did before Mark was chair, carrying on what Mark did really to make it better for the department and the organization. And really, as you said, not about what I actually personally might want. But about the collective good, really. yeah. Good. Well, so which is very rewarding, yeah. But has a lot more bad days than yeah. A path that <laughs> for sure, yeah. Anybody realizes you you don't have a line of people standing outside your office telling you what a great job you're yeah, doing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. So your dad is a surgeon, and you're a surgeon. You have a brother who's an orthopedic surgeon, also very successful as you are and tell me and the, the audience a little bit more about how your dad's life and his career kind of influenced uh, your decision initially to go into medicine and then to follow in his uh, pathway to become a surgeon. Yeah. So that I thought about that. It's real interesting. It was more my dad's character and how the rest of the world viewed him than the fact that he was a surgeon. And then when that person enters into your life, they're a role model. Hmm. And it's kind of like, well, dad's a surgeon, so like maybe I should do that. But it was really wanting to probably from like age four, when he used to get all the boys up at four in the morning when he was getting ready for work because he wouldn't see us otherwise. <laughs> And we'd go down in the kitchen and wrestle and fight and spill cinnamon and sugar on the floor and everything. And then he would leave at 6.30. But from that age, kind of wanting to be like him, wanting to have people react to you how they react to him. And so he was a very quiet, humble person, but he was greatly respected and, and admired. And I'll, I'll just give you an example. So when he died, he was probably in his early 70s, but he had a wake, you know, kind of a classic Irish wake, but it was two days long. It was so crowded that the police had to come and direct traffic. Yeah. And, you know, that that little sign-in book. Yeah. Hmm. 1,500 people. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And what's uh, kind of mysterious about that is he was a super quiet guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, very uh, humble, very generous. Uh, 
hardworking and faithful. So, Dennis, and the people who came up were like <laughs> the guy who had served him lunch every day downtown Chicago, the guy that his building had an elevator operator, the guy that ran the elevator. Yeah, yeah. So, growing up as a kid, you kind of sense that. So, I guess you wanted to be like him. Yeah. So, did he like take members of the family on rounds or to the yeah. office on it? He, he did that too, huh? Yeah, he would try. He would take the boys because we would drive our mom crazy on the weekends <laughs> on rounds, <laughs> which was a disaster. <laughs> he would take us to the doctor's lounge. He had some leadership roles in local hospitals that we were aware of. He had some celebrity patients that um, for us was kind of cool. You know, we worked super hard. We didn't you know the kids used to work in his office in the summer sometimes and that was really eye-opening i didn't but what what was eye-opening is like how his staff just adored the guy i mean they just they wouldn't do anything for him i used to call him about three times a week at work <laughs> at the end of his career he had an office-based practice and i always had time to talk mm. talk to his employees you know they but he didn't, I think, I think our mom talked about medicine more than my dad. Huh. Her experiences, the value that she got out of it, her willingness to move away from her family, family of seven kids. Her, her dad died. She's the third oldest when she was like nine years old hmm. in Pittsburgh. And the only child that moved away, but talking about the value that that added to her career and to her growth i think that influence like in my brother john and i who are the only ones that have moved away <laughs> but yeah i you know there's nothing i i guess the other thing when i think about him that is worth sharing nothing in excess hmm. nothing in excess always moderation and you know like for example in excess while he probably made a fair amount of money he was by no means wealthy he educated a child for every child of his own wow wow and would never tell anybody that but i <laughs> i you know i i learned that from the people that ran our our schools that were private schools that mm -hmm. he, would, he would match for every kid and um I thought philanthropy was like normal, but it was what people do who are fortunate enough to have some uh, earnings beyond the normal uh, person. But I learned as I grew up that that's not normal. He probably <laughs> gave away as much as he spent on his own family, but. Uh, yeah. uh, but yeah, those things add up and then you kind of want to be like the person. Yeah. So, and then he was a doctor. So it's like, well, maybe I'll do that. And if you have the ability, you can just do it. Yeah. That's a great, great opportunity you have to grow up with parents like that. So let, let me just ask you in closing, uh, Dennis, said, do you have some advice for those of us in the orthopedic surgery community who have kids about how you, I guess, manage or try to guide or not try to guide their 
yeah. your career decisions uh, in regards to medicine? Hmm. Yeah, so I, I think if I look back on my parents, I just tried to think of some specific things. Um, and even my own, I have three children and hmm. grandchildren and two son-in-laws now. Like what I grew up focusing on was being happy. It wasn't this career or that career. It was, there was no value on material things. Mm. I mean, my, you know, my mom at one point got this big fancy Oriental rug, which probably costs a lot of money, I don't know. But she did, she liked her impatience that bloomed in the spring as much as her Oriental rug. It, it wasn't because one cost money. It was just like, there was no materialism at all. Hmm. Like you didn't even know that people valued things growing up in our house, like fancy car. I mean, so I, I think that makes everyone be on an equal ground as a child as they grow up, because those are the true values. Mm -hmm. It's not that one person's a doctor and one person is a kindergarten teacher. And then just what did they value? Kindness, honesty, humility, hard work, faith, being genuine, showing gratitude. But what's really mysterious about them, Mark, and I, I think I fortunately, for some reason, was able to achieve this in my own kids, which is a miracle. <laughs> like, they never disciplined us. The discipline was you knew that you disappointed them. Yeah. 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 That was it. <laughs> no conversation, no scolding. You just knew, like, mm. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Got it. And so, like, an example would be I was, <laughs> I was thinking about this, like, one time I got. <laughs> I got a bad grade in geography, like grade school. And my dad was like, okay, Denny, like you just need to do better. Okay. End of story. No, I was like, yeah, you're right. But if you were not kind to people or they saw or heard that you were bullying somebody or taking advantage of somebody or not helping people, that would really be bad. Yeah. So they, their discipline reflected their values. And so I don't know, to the extent that you can do that. I mean, the other thing that they had, cause you know, like any family, we had our problems. Hmm. Our home was always a safe haven. Hmm. You could do the stupidest thing. You could have the worst, mental health or physical health or personality problem you were always safe and welcome at our house and everyone was treated the same there and that i think is that's hard as a parent because yeah. um, your kids differentiate themselves some yeah. for the better some not for the better but uh anyway so those, those were the same thing and our our family was really rooted in like faith so mm -hmm. not 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 everyone has that in their family which whatever but it it gives you a 
higher calling than like what am I doing today? Or but anyway, so those so I I mean, I don't know, you know, trying to focus on what makes a child happy. I mean, one thing we did have is we did have boundaries on being realistic. Mm-hmm. So like if you wanted to pursue a career, that was probably just fine as long as it was kind of realistic, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, if you wanted to be in the fine arts and be really into that that would be great but the question would be okay but like what's your job going to be so as soon as we turned 13 we had to have a job Mm -hmm. all the kids all all the way through whether it was hauling dishes or filling up cars with gasoline or and if you didn't have a job my dad would find you a job Uh, and that helped too just set the standard of work yeah yeah yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, very wise counsel, Dennis, uh, for those of us uh, who are parents and grandparents. And I just want to thank you for sharing this very personal story uh, about a wonderful family that you were privileged to grow up in. And and uh, thank you for your continued service uh, to our field and the university and our department. So I hope it's uh been somewhat enjoyable to reflect on these things i i have a sense it was a good exercise for you yeah yeah and i'm i'm an emotional person as you guys but i but irish heritage yeah say no more right and that's from my dad that's how he was he he cried when northwestern beat Notre Dame because he he went to northwestern (laughs) i i walked into his house and he was in the chair crying it's like dad what's wrong it's it's happy. I'm just so happy. I'm just <laughs> football. Okay. All right, we'll leave you with that story. Okay. Thanks a lot, Thanks. Dennis. Yeah. Okay. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.